How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Purest of yees, hellest of lows, and welcome back to our number two of the Playmakers. So happy that you have chosen to join us, whether you're just starting right now or if you've been with us through the first happy hour. Lots of hockey talk, but we'll have that up on the Odyssey app and the Nightcap feed later on if you missed any of it, or you can use the Rewind feature. Lots of options if you're looking to immerse yourself in our content. Uh, my name is Lindsey Brown, across from me in the glass. Adrian Hernandez. And we are here to break down all the sports and other things with a Z. And apparently about 20 minutes ahead of the uh, tip-off for the Brooklyn Nets. And who are they playing? Were they not uh, the nothing? Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics. They're at Barclays Center. I'm looking at the Sports Illustrated IG right now. Damn near empty arena. What, why? 20 minutes ahead of uh, tip-off or warm-ups. Maybe it's just traffic. I know New York, it's, it's a doozy. A, it's a 7 p.m. start. I mean, well, first off, the thing about Barclays Center is that, like, there really isn't that many Nets fans, and it's funny because they're about a mile and a half away from Madison Square Garden, where Knicks fans go crazy when they win one playoff game against Trey Young. Uh, there's some. They I won a whole series last year. Just because you haven't seen that promised land for a while doesn't mean you got to knock other people's visits. <laughs> they were so excited. They were. I wish I could play we clips, are. but uh, you know that Spider-Man in the streets is not acceptable for the radio. I just tuned into. T- I just put on TNT. First off, Stan Van Gundy, so handsome. All right, with the blue tie. Uh, there's some. There's more fans, but yeah, this is... Uh, it's looking uh, sparsely attended. Maybe everybody's just so excited that John Morant has been named the Kia NBA Most Improved Player Award that they're celebrating the streets. Hey, NBA, I need an explanation because Brandon Ingram was also a top draft pick. I thought that if you're drafted high, no matter what sport, the expectation is that you're pretty damn good. And Ja has been amazing. He's been amazing, and yes, he has improved. But most improved needs to go for like a dude that was the 15th dude on the bench and now contributing minutes, or someone like Darius Garland or any other players that have made an impact that weren't expected. Like for the Pelicans. If he's nominated, why isn't Anthony Edwards nominated? I mean, 100%. Jose Alvarado wasn't even uh, undrafted, and now he's over here terrorizing Chris Paul's whole life right now. Mm. I feel like that's a huge improvement from not having a, a contract. Yo, there's like five people waving towels for the Nets. Dude, this is a Good problem. Lord. They are not pleased with uh, the state of affairs there, whether it's because Ben Simmons is not playing. I was so super excited or maybe it's because they're just down 3 nothing in the series. 
uh, has not gone according to plan for the Brooklyn Nets. And they're just one of three games that are going to be playing tonight. Before we get into tonight, can we talk about the Wolves, please? <laughs> oh, Lindsay. Happy for you. It was amazing. You survived. I did survive. Carl was a revelation. I, you love to see it. I, I love it when people come out after getting criticized and then be like, shove it. And you got to do it the next game. And you got to do it again. But there's nothing better than being like, yep, I'm here. And you could tell how fired up he was. There was like early on in the game where he got fouled and somebody was draping off him, just staring off into the distance. I'm like, oh, this is an absolute, this is angry cat. But this is <laughs> after after we get fixed, though. So we're not ripping up everything, right? And yeah. so it's like, it was, it was a channeled rage rather than just um, an anger with how things are being turned out. And I don't even know what his stat line is off the top of my head, but it was amazing. He had around 30 points over 10 rebounds. And yeah. you had everybody show up. You had, had McLaughlin providing big minutes, big buckets. Same thing with Anthony Edwards. Pat Bev uh, took a tech just to make sure that we were, we were keeping the soup moving and, and stirring the drink at a high rate of speed. And uh, this is a this is a damn good series. No, it is. And, and the thing that, that's so complex about this is that if you look at game three, to be positive on Minnesota's side, you had two 25-point leads. Yes, they were given up. Yes, but you got those leads, and then on and the you're, flip side, and you're neutralizing Jaw, and Jaw was 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 not nearly was again held to a very low production. Yeah, night. him and, and uh, his dad and Carl's dad are BFFs on the side. No, too, honestly, um, and the the crazy thing is, is going into the series, I said that the way that Minnesota plays defense against Jaw and that blitzing, yep. he hasn't been able to handle um, that as well this season. And on the flip side, for Memphis, when I look at Game Four, I'm like. Half of your starters had four fouls in the third quarter. There was a lot of foul yeah, calls being Desmond called. Yeah, Desmond Bain was making every three-pointer he ever imagined. But he can't. He he's can do that. nasty. Yeah, he, and he's he's definitely earning his status. Smooth as um, hell, too. It's just uh, a very smooth shot. Yeah, 100%. But these are two teams that are talking smack to each other um, that are gritty. And the end, I want this to go seven. Um, and it should go seven, unlike this Boston Celtics and Nets series. Another thing, the Pelicans. Pelicans! You know what is so remarkable to me? Hmm. That right now in the playoffs, the Brooklyn Nets are the only team in the playoffs that haven't won a game. Every other team in the playoffs that has at least one win. wild. The Pelicans have the third worst record to ever make the playoffs. They won 36 games this year. They started 1-12 and 3-16. and and, and they are taking the team that has predominantly dominated the league. Record-breaking 63-64 wins for the for the franchise. Like, the Suns have never won that many yeah, games the in the regular season. the magic is on the uh, sideline. That's a problem. And it's they won a game even when Devin Booker was playing. There was some matchup problems. The one thing with the Suns, to me, is they don't offensive rebound that good. And Jay Crowder might be undersized. But to be honest, I'm nitpicking. This team is fantastic. Their coach is fantastic. But Willie Green, as a 40-year-old rookie head coach, has all those dudes Balling and playing their ass off. Think he was the right coach over Van Gundy? I think mean, you think you think they're happy that Van Gundy left? Uh, apparently, so. on the sideline. And speaking to that, like a lot of people, NBA Twitter right now has spent years trying to diss and discredit David Griffin because he had LeBron on his squad, and he's turning like all those haters like they're incorrect. They're doing all of this without Zion. They have maybe they're worse dudes. with Zion. And I, I do like the. Charles Barkley brought this up during the broad or after the game, I should say, where Chris Paul 
has had a good game, has had a bad game, has had a good game, has had a bad game. He only scored four points yesterday. Four points. Um, is He's getting older. and We all are? We, yeah, we all are. And now he's having to, to carry the burden of that offensive production when Devin's not here. And some of and he these, can't do that and be the facilitator and keep everybody in line. And, and, like, there's just too much to overcome for them to run as smoothly as they want to. So you almost have to go with a completely different game plan. And usually I would think, like, well, feed it to Aiton, right? But then fouls, stuff like that. He still gets a little bit upset with the refs. He's young. You know, it's it was a hot run last year. I'm not saying that they're not capable of it this year. But they're not going to be capable of doing it in the same way that they did last year in terms of construction, be that because you can't replicate it or be that because Devin Booker isn't available right now. Or they're facing teams that aren't completely hurt. Wait, did I just say that? No, I'm just I'm, I'm not trying to be hated for the Suns. But last year they had some Warriors, um, Warriors luck with the injuries. And the thing that was impressive, too, is that they are in the heads of the Suns. Yep. Chris Paul was getting beat up the entire game, a little taste of his own medicine. The moment he retaliated, he got caught. Jose Alvarado baited him into an eight-second violation where, number one, he could have passed him, but he was hell-bent on trying to cross him over, or he could have just simply passed the ball. And then after that, they inbounds the ball, the most laziest of passes, and they uh, the Pelicans steal it and they dunk it. Herb Jones is jumping 15 feet in the air to block a three-point shot. Yeah, energy mid-air. level's not even comparable. It is insane. Game five for that series uh, <laughs> is going to be spectacular. And now, Lindsay, I yeah. know you have thoughts. We thought we were going to start off the show. We need to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons. Excellent. Can I just, a little bit of an overreaction when it comes to Ben Simmons and him not playing? I didn't really expect him to play at all. I that Number one, there's that. Number two, as much as I love this trade and I didn't understand why Philadelphia made it, it, it behooves me for people to think why... Ben Simmons was going to automatically be just put into this lineup after not playing for months and dealing with all the issues that he's dealing with mentally and physically and just assume he's going to guard Jason Tatum, one of the best players in the league. Well, he just- was saying he was he was putting himself in that position earlier this week, though. Like he was talking about how he, he was going to be a contributor. He was going to put 20 minutes in. And that's where it's like you're kind of getting in too early in the show and we're largely where this conversation I think is going to go because there have been updates to the situation that Ben Simmons, his agent, Rich Paul, Mm -hmm. have met with Nets leadership slash ownership to discuss the physical and mental hurdles remaining in the All-Stars pursuit. They're saying it's a mental thing, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's the same path of what happened with Philadelphia where Rich Paul meeting with some of the higher-ups in Philadelphia, trying to talk about his status. So if you're like, this sounds familiar, it's because it has happened again. Like, how do we get Ben Simmons to want to play basketball more than the fear that he's feeling? Because sometimes it's exposure therapy, and I don't know if that's what what I'm doling out because I'm a professional, not really. But like, like we were saying earlier, the last time he was on a court, he was getting absolutely torched. He passed out of a layup. He's not the – there's few ways for him to not just impact the game but get himself in the game to a place where he feels good about his contribution, right? Because if he's not scoring points, if he's not distributing as much, if he's just going out there, I think he's so scared to fail 
and who wouldn't be considering the amount of vitriol he's been met with in his career like that I th- this is a survival tactic too like we have to look at mental health as not just conscious things that you're doing or things that you can do differently or possibly improve but most of our reactions most of our things are subconscious that we don't have any control that's what the triggers are right but I just when we were hearing about him in Philly and he comes back he says I'm not going to I'm not going to come into work and then they get they convince him to come into work and then he's doing the practice with the phone in the pocket he's like I don't I don't want to see any of your mental health professionals which I get we've talked about that like team health officials and stuff like that and that that nervousness but also not wanting to be around the team because of what right. Doc Rivers and Joel had said isolation is a tactic that a lot of us use when we're depressed that's fair I'm a I'm a staunch user currently as that and you don't even mean to do it it's like you just think to yourself it people are better off without you around not like literally obviously but in terms of well I'm not my best self so I'm going to save them the trouble I'm going to save them the unpleasant interaction with me and I'm just going to keep it to myself I'm going to keep myself to myself and that's where it's but also like not not to but just from like a sports wise yeah if your coach and your star player, your teammates, are throwing you under the bus and trying to single you out, whether they're right or wrong about the series in Philadelphia against Toronto or Atlanta, and saying, you're the reason why we lost, because you were being super passive and you were scared of the moment, and listen, I don't know, I'm the head coach, but you're going to need to talk to Ben. Just on those simple facts, that was never fixable. When Doc Rivers opened his mouth and said that, it was not fixable situation. And that's why this wound permeates more uh, beyond f- the city of Philadelphia. And that's the danger that we have as people, like as a, as a former coach myself, as someone who talks about the game, as, as people are involved. It's not just the burning down of that interaction. You could potentially ruin somebody's relationship with this particular sport with with his livelihood with everything and now we've heard things about lsu we've heard things about his demeanor about motivation levels and whatever i'm trying to give this guy the benefit of the doubt i try to do that with most people um because i i I can see why he would have so little trust in the organization around him but more importantly in himself maybe maybe it's a question is i don't trust myself right now to get the job done in the way that i've been selling and not wanting to 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 find out that result. Regardless, it puts the Brooklyn Nets in a really tough position. But guess what? They've been doing that to themselves all year. Like what Ben Simmons can do, whatever the hell he wants, whether it's misguided or guided by mental health, which I hope is true. By the way that they've handled the Kyrie situation, that's that's where I was talking about with the Golden Knights too. It was just like. The upstairs can't stick to their decisions, so why would anybody down here be willing to fall in line or be willing to kind of reach that level of self-sacrifice if they weren't otherwise doing it? Because it, it, I know that things got wonky and people got injured, and and but you going back and saying, Kyrie, we're not going to have you on this year, and then doing part-time, a lot of that has implications just like Ben Simmons and what he went through in Philadelphia. That's why Stephen A. mentioned it about this morning, like, Ownership is watching. People are watching how these these things are handled because these guys are paid so much money. And that's their slice of the pie. That's They generate it. It's off of their play. And this is how the collective bargaining agreement works. But, man, like, do you feel – say they get swept tonight. What 
do you have any sort of positive momentum thinking about them next year? Because I sure as hell don't. Yeah, I do. You do. You, th- you think the Durant summer? And- you think you think if we bring back Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Benson, we're all right back. Steve, we'll be good. Not Steve Nash. Exactly. Which is exactly is, and that's a bigger problem that's kind of getting swept under the rug. Even last year, where what's your game plan, Steve Nash? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I got Kevin Durant, and he's going to play forty-seven minutes consecutively. Yeah, Steve or Nash is to make sure that everybody is happy there. And sometimes when everybody's happy, that's not good for a competitive situation. And well, and, and and there's there's been a book detailing this. And sorry, I forgot your name to the author. Like, you bring up the Golden Knights. Like, at least they have a front office, and we know a general manager. And no disrespect to Sean Marks, but who runs that team is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So you're at the mercy of whatever they want to do. Yeah, but and, how's that dissimilar from other NBA teams like the Lakers and stuff? No, I mean it, it. It's not other than like this is this is what happens when these situations happen. <laughs> That's and, the notes. The but, former teammates of both of these teams are are having but, troubles in the same troubles at that. But it, it's it's weird to me where like the Clippers, for example, didn't they're not even in. They lost in the play in. They didn't win the play in. They have Kawhi and Paul George. Everyone assumed. The days when they signed both of them, they're like, nah, LeBron and the Lakers, no, 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 it's not going to be a battle of L.A. Like, the Clippers are going to win multiple championships. And they don't make the playoffs this year, and it's been three years, and they've only made the Western Conference Finals once. This year, this team has been decimated and has been dealing with a whole bunch of drama. And you have a head coach who is playing the Boston Celtics, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Who also is being headed by a rookie head coach themselves. So that should say something to you, too. Was on your bench. Who's one of your oh, assistant coaches? Right. He left to go join them. That's and right. Steve Nash, you have not made any any roster or just game plan. You are running he's in an isolation. song, okay? Give some respect yeah, to that he's, man. He's running no back isolation. KD and Kyrie have no. There's no separation. There's no movement in the offense, and they're just swarming them. Yeah. And KD has no space, and he's getting tired, and he's getting exhausted. The rest of the team is getting exhausted. There has been. For two years, he has not done a damn thing to switch anything with this talent that is on this team. You can't even win one game. I don't care if Boston goes to the NBA Finals or if they win it. You can't win one game with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. LeBron James made a Finals with Timothy Mozgov. Facts! And you can't win a single game? And Robert Williams has been injured. This isn't. This hasn't been the healthiest Boston on all points, and it's just frustrating that like I understand like Kyrie and, and Ben Simmons. Like, look at Stephen A. Smith's career. This dude got fired from being a journalist. Got fired from radio. Uh, was at ESPN. They tried to give him a nice show. They fired him. He doesn't understand how someone like Kyrie Irving has been given the world at Duke. He only played 19 games. This dude's getting to decide what and what he wants to do. Like, look at in the regular season, this dude had like a 50-point game against Orlando. He only shot it 20 times. His talent is there. Like, these issues and the problems that the Nets are having are, to me, bigger than Ben Simmons is Steve Nash. Because whether Ben Simmons plays or not, you guys are about to get swept. That's a joke. The problem is the prioritization of talent. That's what it is. Because if you look at it, how many teams that have signed big time, two big time free agents have won a championship? AD was traded for. That's different. Right? It's not working in Brooklyn. It's not working in LA. Who else is a super team? Well, this is this is a bad example. This this era. Um, but super team, the Clippers. Yep, the, that's exactly the Clippers. 
So that's and we're looking at the NBA in basically two year slices now, right? That's how the contracts have gone. That's how the players have, have gotten to that point. It has been an abject failure, this particular era of the superstars. And I think it's because there's too many superstar teams. It's one thing when there's one or two, but it's another thing when you have everybody else attempting the same thing. And what happens? You don't have the culture. You don't have the foundation. And so not only is it a failure, they're flameouts. And they're actually more volatile. They're more toxic than normal failures because the world of expectation has been placed on you, be that by the front office and by the players themselves, by saying, this is the place we want to be. This is where we want to be. And sometimes it's the right place to be, but sometimes it's just a place with cap space. No, and that's true. And willing to sign a check. Or sometimes Brooklyn, it's... Brooklyn was willing to sign KD and pay him for a whole year to be hurt, which I, I totally get because it's KD, but just th- that's the level of desperation. When you're willing to make those deals, you're going to deal with a lot more pitfalls. Yeah, and you're 100%. And you have to look. They got Barclays Center. Yep. It's a new ownership, and they wanted to make their mark. And the Knicks run that city, and they wanted to put a den in it. Yeah, and, and like, I don't, every veteran that doesn't have a team anymore, come on in, and Goran Dragic, come but, on in, Blake Griffin, come on, LaMarcus. But that's that's the era of the NBA. And that's like, a lot of leaders that I'm sure a lot of people haven't taken those role player things. So you can't even rely. You have to go iso ball to Kevin every time because nobody else knows how to play with each other. I, and Well, because of injuries and things like that, of course. Marvin's I just a superstar. Yeah, but even on the flip side, though, like if you look at the NBA within the past 20 years— there's been one team that has won mm-hmm. with only four good players and one great player. And I'm talking about the 2004 Pistons that were led by Chauncey Billups, who was a great player. And, and then ben you had Wallace. Tayshop. Yeah, but Ben Wallace offensively was giving you nothing. So this this was a great – that's kind of reminiscent. Great hair, though. Yeah, no, 100%. Kind of like Boston, except, you know, Jason Tatum's a little bit better than Chauncey. Um, obviously, Chauncey's a Hall of Famer, so I'm sounding kind of crazy right now. Yeah, maybe we should but, have a break before we say anything yeah. else that could come back on our <laughs> record. Either no, way. but I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Taysom, Taysom, Jason Tatum is going to have a better career than Chauncey Billups. I didn't know how we got here, but we did. That's how we roll here on the Playmakers. We're not really sure where we started, but we end up in a place in which we did not intend. And we're going to probably do the same thing on the other side of the break as we talk about Twitter and apparently Elon Musk's purchase of it. Love for the bet. Mess Cutting Mondays are my favorite. I'm so glad we made this uh, production decision, Adrian. Listen, that was your call. I know, but you supported it. You seconded it. No, 100%. That's at Cleveland. I posed the question to Elon Musk. If speech were already free, why are you paying $44 billion for it? All right. To, re- to reinstate some of his friends, some are yeah, saying. Yeah, he says the bedrock of a functioning democracy is free speech and that Twitter is a digital town square, arguably, where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. <laughs> MySpace X in like five years. Yeah, I would kill for MySpace to come back again. It they tried to like it yeah. was so simple in the MySpace days. And you weren't doing the HTML codes to make your MySpace layout like super fire. Oh hell yeah, I was. I was searching them out. It usually was beach themed for me, and then <laughs> it was uh, you had to have like the bangers on the on the on your playlist too. There, like what other social media has that? It's it's. Everything's a feed now rather than just like a home page. No, 100%. Like Wiz Khalifa. There's so many like rappers. Yeah, I thought started. Justin Timberlake was going to turn MySpace around. Like what the hell happened? They tried to go super music heavy. Maybe that's what, maybe this is what Twitter is for Elon. Maybe he's just the Justin Timberlake jumping on the party a little bit too late. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. Because Tom stopped getting involved, Tom for MySpace, and then things changed. But 
to think that Twitter won't change under the ownership of Elon Musk. I feel like it would be misguided, especially since he's going to be using open source algorithms, whatever the hell that means. I'm not a science person like that. I can't it's about to get more spammy. Yeah, probably. Going- so he's going to get rid of the fake accounts and then obviously the free speech. Yeah. Stamped. Well, of course, because, you sure, know. the algorithm will definitely allocate the to the top of the feed merits based off of those that have been earned. And it also merits that a, a billionaire, multi-billionaire that can pay $44 billion to buy Twitter. Of course, he's he's in it for the freedom of speech for all of us in our opinions. Because this dude has been so public on so many things, right? It's yeah. just, it's about to get a lot more spammy. Uh, it's about to get a lot more hostile. He's from South Africa, right? I think so. I wonder if he's just pissed that he can't be our president. Because you, you have to be born here to be president. Yeah, right. He's like, this is the only thing I have left. I've gone to space. Oh, I'm just gonna. I'll just buy the world instead of the instead of the country itself. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm very like. In all seriousness, I'm super bummed out because Twitter, throughout the bad and the good of it, and and the hate. And just some everything of the, has a life cycle, Adrian. Yeah, but like this should have been the one because it's so simple. We could just talk about our thoughts, and then they tried to do new things. And now this is about to become like 4chan. Like we oh, just, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want nothing to do with anything like 4chan. Like, what are we supposed to do, Lindsay? Are we about to just be on Reddit heavy because I mean, we can't go to Facebook. I'm gonna be cutting out a lot of technology once the off season arrives for me. And so, uh, in many ways, I think this is just kind of in the cards, at least for for my personal usage. But I think a lot of us could probably stand for a little bit of a of a cut down because there are so many instances where I'm unconsciously looking at my phone, scrolling on my phone, reading stuff, doing stuff. I I don't even know how I got there. I didn't want to be here. Two minutes ago, I said put it down, and now I'm here again. What the hell? Why is it like this? Why am I not? I'm I'm trying to make a legitimate change. Why am I having so much trouble? Well, these things are super addictive. And guess what? Breaking news. Technology and the new technologies don't ruin everything, don't ruin society, don't all of these things. But when we talk about the technology that we've been given access to from a young age, Adrian, Unlike any other generation of humanity prior. This we know. Nobody had touch screens. I don't care what the Atlanteans say. And there's this really interesting article on The Ringer that talks about America, American teenagers and the really troubling findings that they're, they're uh, turning in for mental health. And I know nobody is shocked by this just considering the last couple of years what we're going through. But I think sometimes we forget that while everybody's going through this in the last couple of years – some of us have more years, hopefully, in front of us than others. And that could probably change the way that you look at the world just based off of your very limited experience. And that's why like, I don't really see, besides the technology piece, I don't see a huge difference between kids that like grew up when we did versus kids that are growing up now. Because 9-11 changed a lot of stuff in our minds of just like how we think about ourselves, how we present, and how we receive others. Right. And what we're willing to be comfortable with. And I think in a in a lar- in a background way that's just coming to my mind now, I think we fear became a steady diet a long time ago. But we started main veining it around that same time because we had those same images on loop. And so we had to be safe. Right. 
We're going to make this country safe. We're going to make sure you can't go in the cockpit of the airplanes. You can't even go to the gates anymore. We're going to go through security, check your shoes. Well, that's one way. That's just at the airport, right? But what about in the real world? I don't know about that. I've never been to this area. That could be sketchy. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to use what could what would be social media as my socialization tool. And that started out all fine and dandy with MySpace and everything else. And it was all fun until we started, <laughs> these kids were starting to have these access to this stuff at a much younger age than we ever did. And it's not the apps. It's not even the phones in general. It's the fact that everything has been focused on the screen. And when all the focus goes on the screen or all the focus goes on one thing, right? Everything is fleeting. Everything has an expiration date. There's only so many hours in the day. And if you spend hours of each and every day focused on a does b stay the same or does b go away does b erode of course and that's what's happened to a lot of our social fabrics in society and so that's why i'm not shocked when in two, in, from 2009 to 2021 so our our generation the share of american high school students who say they feel persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness mm-hmm. rose from 26% to 44 percent according to the cdc highest level of teenage sadness ever recorded and there's a podcast on this like i said in the in the ringer network and a kind of shortened article and it's conversations with jonathan height who writes a book about the coddling of the american mind or the righteous mind those are the two titles of his works but here's a quote but i think the most poisonous dangerous damaging process is you post photos of yourself, your body, your face for strangers to rate. And then the pain you feel when people make a critical comment or when they say nothing at all. And that's where that's where I, I'd like to really start to turn this conversation. Because it's easy to say, well, if you spend so many hours on a screen, then you're not going to have, and you're only going to have so many hours for your family, for your friends, for your whatever. But with the invitation for everyone to have access to your life, you're asking them to make a judgment, right? What do people think of me now? How about now? How about now? Three different posts. How about now? I need everything's now. a resume. At, well, it's not even a resume. It's just like you're everything's up Highlight for reel. vote. Everything's up for vote, and there, there's no vote. It's not a vote where there's like a result, but you're simply looking for that reaction. For me, it's not even the about the bad reactions or trolls and stuff which i know people deal with that are absolutely toxic that have caused major issues it's about to get worse on but Twitter. it's the mindset it's the validation seeking mindset and how it that that is something that all of us need we need validation in our lives that is a fact of being human of being mammal of being whatever of making social connections because we're social animals because like i said only so many hours in the day I'm getting, uh, this is the only place I'm getting my validation because I'm not, there's not as many people in sports sticking with those. It's not as many people hanging out with their friends. Their, their time with their friends is way down. I'm not, we're not having experiences where you say good job or I had a really fun time with you or that wasn't okay with me. That, that pass fail that is part of every interaction that you go through growing up. They have maybe a quarter of what you and I had access to. And that's where it, it's the validation seeking and there's only so many places that you can get it and now there's only so many ways you can do it. And if you don't fit that way and if you can't put forth the image that you want, 
how do you feel on the inside? Feel how do you terrible. feel about you feel terrible? Especially when you're stuck at home like we've been the past couple of years. Yeah. And especially if like home isn't a great place. Right? And so there are so many places from which a lot of us would like to escape right now. And the way we try to escape is through, you know, whatever we're trying to do. But we're trying to get those serotonin boosts. boosts. We're trying to get the, the chemicals going. And we know that that's a huge part of the way that these devices, just like anything else that's addictive, gets you looped in. But now we're not just talking about it's not a supplement. It's a substitution. And so I'm not shocked that we're seeing Yankees fans throw stuff at your guardians after a walk-off homer in which they won. We don't know how to act around people. We we haven't we haven't we've lost the ability to be able to give each other the benefit of the doubt because there's not enough reps out there for us to even have the sample size to anticipate deviation from good behavior to bad behavior. Like I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because I've seen both and I know your like your intentions just because I know you. That isn't there anymore. But not only that, like the way you discuss things online, whether mm-hmm. you do it anonymously on Twitter or any social media or you're on any video game or something with the headset and the way that you're speaking to people is an energy level that you would not be talking to if that person, if you were in person. And another thing is, you know, being rated and some of those critiques and wanting that notification and, and that, that sense of like, oh, I want this to, to be popping and everyone to like it and to comment. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain things when you grow up that you need to, to learn and, you know, being someone saying something to you jokingly or learning to fail. It's as simple as you lost a basketball game against someone one-on-one and now, you know, wow, losing stinks. Let me try to play again and try to win. Well, and, or, and guess what? And I still love you that you lost. Yeah. Or and and what I was gonna say too is talking to your friends and joking mm-hmm. at each other, like learning to be clowned out. That I could say something that some people would be like, "Oh my God, that's yep. your friend," but you know because that's 100. your friend. How many and, conflicts escalate because of perceived disrespect? Hundred percent. And this is why. Elon buying Twitter and saying, hey, this is freedom of speech. This dude went after reporters that were critical of Tesla and some of the things that they do as a company. So now you what, think the this greenwashing? You're talking about the yeah, greenwashing? There's multiple things. And now you people think don't this become dude, billionaires by being good people usually. Just a Which is uh, why, why do you think if you think this guy is going to save freedom of speech, we could say whatever we want. No, he simply wants to say things and not have consequences. Correct. That's, and that's all that is. Michael Che made a great joke about it in Weekend Update, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. If you go back and listen to it, you'll know exactly the one I'm talking about. Yeah, and it just, it this, and having now, there's it seems like there's going to be less structure and it's just going to get more hostile. And that trickles down. Not well, just from people talking politics or sports. It's hostile it's if we continue to participate in this particular public sphere. That's the thing. Twitter and all social media is just like any like town square in Vegas. It calls itself town square, but it, what it's what, at any given day is the entire town around that particular square. No, but I say that I am. But if people leave, if people are pissed off enough by, because they don't want anything to do with Elon, or they give it a chance and then he pisses them off more, regardless. The exodus can happen and will happen, and we have to remember, right? Well, and we have to remember too that this is a, in many ways, as someone who is trying to kind of separate herself 
away from going into autopilot mode, as I like to call it scrolling and and just I feel like we communicate that way too like we're playing video games because we're so engrossed in the game so I don't even know what I'm saying I don't even know what I what I what I'm just repeating what I've been what I've been seeped in for years like who's the Miami Heat player that got traded that used the, uh, the Leonard yeah uh, that uh, used anti-semitic slur yeah. it's like oh, I don't even remember I kind of believe that but guess what you have been in that and you don't police yourself to even think about maybe I could be saying something offensive that's a you problem but the 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 autopilot the the shirking of responsibility is where this issue lies. And and that's honestly the the kind of the end all be all when it comes to most things. We have we have control of our behavior and what we put our time into. But sometimes we're manipulated into that. And so when we have moments where you're like, heads up, look at this. This is a change. This is weird. I don't like it. Take advantage of it. Move away. Make the deviation. Don't second guess it. Because honestly, how much maybe my life is ten times better without Twitter. Maybe a couple other people probably feel the same exact way. RIP to my news source. Seriously, though, we might have to actually start doing our jobs the old-fashioned way. Uh, Adrian collected some information over the weekend of things that you may have missed, and will present it to us on the other side of the break. 1140, The Bet. Here we are. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, The Playmakers, exclusively on 1140, The Bet. This is my favorite song on the new album. You're my favorite, Lindsay. Thank you. You are also in my top three, if not five, depending on MySpace Day. You brought MySpace back. Top eights forever. We are just here to make all the references back to the show that we have laid out before you. It's been magical. It's been negative for spurts, but that's what the day calls for. And so we try to match the energy. No, 100%. Plus, you, you did a callback of what I'm about to start on. You brought up... Uh, the little Yankee incident over the weekend. Yeah, how about that? Yankee fans are trash. What is new? Yeah, but before that. Before that. I just want to say, this has been a great show. Thank you. And now it's time to get people the news and the funny or embarrassing things that happened this weekend. And what it, what was embarrassing happened at Yankee Stadium uh, Lindsay, you mentioned it earlier. The Indians took on the Guardians, and in the ninth the inning... The Yankees took on the Guardians? Yes, exactly, because they were at home at Yankee Stadium. And apparently it is cool to cheer on injured players who run into walls, mm. which is exactly what some Yankee players, or Yankee fans, excuse me, did. You know there was a dude in the crowd who literally, he threw up an L sign after the Yankees won, and then like he took off his hat... And then, like, hit his forehead. L for love, right out of dodgeball. His wife oh was grabbing God. his hand. Bro, if you're the, th- how? What are we? Who taught you how to trash talk? I'm speechless. What are we in second grade? You're throwing I'm up a loser. Saying, if your wife has to talk you down in the, in a public setting, grow up. It, it, I think his name's John Boy, J O M Boy on YouTube. He does a lot of baseball uh, videos, and this video that he kind of broke down. Everything that happened and it's trending on YouTube. The 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 breakdown. There was like a a dad had to pull a girl his daughter away. Could be like, hold on, things are about to get crazy. Yeah. And it was on left field and right field. I simply, as we move on to other things, I just want to say I find it disrespectful, Yankee fans, because Cleveland is home to the reason why you guys are even relevant because that is the birthplace 
of George Steinbrenner. I'm tired of you guys talking about titles that you won before segregation and when people used to have belts on socks back in the day. You've won one title in the past 20 years despite having one of the highest payrolls in the league. 2009 was magical, though. It it really was. Shout out to CeCe Sabathia. Oh, another guy you got from Cleveland. How dare you guys? You're a bunch of schmucks. And I'm moving on with the rest of the show because we have a lot of funny stuff including what happened in Minnesota. I did not know, Lindsay, that your Timberwolves and the Target Center employed Ray Lewis as a security guard on your guys' staff. How about that? You want to talk Sorry about the, the whole way. You want to talk about the how, draft? How about this woman being directly behind Mr. and Mrs. Glenn Taylor? Like she literally hurtled through them to get to the court. The owners. Wait a minute. Yo, the, yeah. Oh, dude was right there. Dude was right there. What? Right there. Why oh. else is the security guard right there? Did they talk? Well, I thought that they just watched knew. the video. It's a woman with her hair down. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's it's Glenn two. Taylor and wife. And so, um, Glenn Taylor is not the most popular guy in Minnesota right now. And there's a lot of not popular people and policies in Minnesota. So He's killing I, hella chickens, right? Yep, that's my understanding. Among uh, I wouldn't say the newspaper industry because the Star Tribune's doing quite well. Is 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 that his like his main business hustle? Chickens. No, it'd be newspaper first. And that's why, like, I oh, talked okay. to my dad this morning. He's like, well, what are they mad about? And I'm just like, I think it's, like, something to do with chickens. And he's like, well, I thought it was just newspaper. I'm like, well, dad, he's a billionaire, so I'm sure we're not yeah. fully abreast of all of his business ventures. And I'm sure there's a couple of shady ones. And so here we are. And, and he's like, I just didn't expect such a thing. I'm like, have you seen PETA? But this is they're very they are very passionate about and and you know she dressed up as a ref. I got no problem with protesters, but if we have to hurdle over people and then get absolutely destroyed to the ground, like I got I get nervous for people getting injured. But like when you're in a protest situation, you clearly put that to the side. You don't care. You like you, yeah. you know that that's part of the bit. And so, um, you know there I I yeah. I will say, first off, I didn't mean to get off topic. It's just no, that it's okay. chickens are like $5 at Sam's Club and Costco. So if you're a billionaire, that is a lot of chickens. Um, but good news for you, uh, if you want to look at it this way. Uh, someone broke this down on Twitter. The T-Wolves in playoff and playoff play in-game situations this year when there is a chicken protester are 3-0. and That's right, baby. And T-Wolves. Because all of the home games have had one. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the, the two that have, that there hasn't been a protest, they're 0-2. So... Sometimes you you yeah, got to do some things to win. A, they haven't played. A, they were on the road. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, there was that one. Wasn't there a Did, protester there a in protest? Memphis? Yeah, I'm pretty with sure. With the chain. Yeah, so it's just one game. Okay, okay, fair enough. And then our, our a lot no, of eyes. Yeah, that's a lot what of, we know. A lot of just craziness. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend lost to the Chicago Cubs twenty-one to nothing. Oh my God! How did I not hear about this? This that's a bad score. <laughs> like 27 to something a couple years ago with the Yankees involved but like 21 rip yeah and and how how bad out of hand did it get and how early uh it from from the jump uh as yeah they didn't score 21 runs in the bottom of the ninth they beat their ass the entire game but the next game the Pirates won and the closer was so mad during handshakes you could visibly see him on camera after every handshake going f him F them, F them. The, the Cubs outscored the Pirates in the series 29 runs to 12. Pittsburgh still won two out of three. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's funny. Uh, Debo Samuel has been a topic that has been brought up today uh, during the show, and I'm going to do it once more because on Saturday night, my man was living his best life. He was at a nightclub in San Francisco. 
uh, the bottle girls at the club was bringing out a bottle. And, of course, one of them was holding one of them fancy electronic signs. Uh, the sign said, Debo is staying. Hashtag 49ers. See, they're on board, too. The only problem was is that Debo saw the sign and went, Bruh, no hand signals like, no, I'm not. <laughs> we take our negotiations very seriously. And uh, another uh, another story. Let, let's go to baseball. Remember that guy, Phil Castellini, the dude, the the, the son of the Reds owner on opening day? Was, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, you guys, where you want to go if, if we move? We'll just this, leave. You yeah. guys suck. Uh, the Reds this season have lost 11 straight games. Oh, uh, how's attendance reflecting? Uh, really bad. Oh, okay. uh, they've lost all these games by a combined score of 68 to 20. They've only had like a lead. Bad guys. Only 18 pitches so far they've had a lead in. That is a problem, but not ours for once. And at least our Monday problems are behind us. At 22 hours until our next interaction with you all. But thank you for showing up today. Appreciate Be well to each other, mostly to yourselves. Use your blinkers because people are dying out there. And otherwise, enjoy the abyss that is your life. We'll be back tomorrow. All right. Bye, friends. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.